Good morning. So good to be with you. Uh, we are continuing today our series on neighboring. We will be in Matthew 17, 1 through 8, and we got no time. We got lots to cover today. So let's get right into it. Matthew 17, 1 through 8. This is what you can think about the whole sermon. What does a grill have to do with the transfiguration? Okay, here we go. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brothers of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. He said, get up, don't be afraid. But when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. It was Thursday morning and I was in a meeting with Bob and John. We were talking about some false strategy and some things upcoming and uh, really excited about what is uh, unfolding throughout this fall and regathering as the church and lots of good problems for us to dive into. And so uh, we're sitting there and my phone buzzes, okay? And you've had this moment where you're in a meeting and your phone buzzes and you think, okay, should I look at it? Should I not? Is this meeting really important and I probably shouldn't look at it or is this an opportunity for me to take a look because it might be an emergency or something. And so I, I, I looked at the phone and the phone said this in a text message. Hey, Brian, this is Tony, your neighbor. I just saw 27LK last night. I need to leave at noon today wondering if you want to come along. So I immediately regretted looking at my phone because I was now distracted in this meeting. And I tried to keep engaging in the meeting and engaging what was going on. And a few minutes later, it buzzes in my pocket again. I, I, I take it out and I look at it. And he says, did I mention it was 27 bulls? And I said to Bob, hey, we got to wrap this meeting up. So, <laughs> uh, so... Um, no, and, and I said, I gotta, I gotta go. And Bob actually said, you would be a bad neighbor if you didn't. I was like, yes, that is right, Bob. I would be a bad neighbor if my new neighbor, Tony, invited me to go elk hunting and I didn't go with him. And so I, I packed up and by 12.30 on Thursday afternoon, I was up Nunya Creek. You know Nunya Creek? Nunya Business Creek, okay? And so um, we were up there and we just had a phenomenal time. Uh, I, I'm not gonna tell you the whole story if you wanna hear it later. I know we have some people who are sensitive to animals. I, I love animals too, just in a different way than you do. And so, um, so yeah, and so... Um, 
So we had a really good time. There was a couple six by six bulls involved in the story. And so it was really, really fun and got back late yesterday and was like, I better quick write a sermon. So uh, there's the first part. Uh, (laughs) No, here's the question I have for you this morning. Just be honest with me. Be honest with me, okay? Who's your favorite neighbor, okay? Because Tony, he stepped it up this week, Okay. Tony moved in not too long ago, just down the street from us, and he moved up the ranks in my mind this week, inviting me to his secret spot, inviting me to come along, and I'll be honest with you, part of hunting for me, and I know I can say this for a bunch of the hunters, is just being out there. Like being out there in the beauty of creation, seeing these amazing animals in these beautiful places, it's just absolutely breathtaking. And we, we sat around and had conversations about our kids and our family, how to be better dads, how to be better husbands. And we wandered around the woods looking for elk and we grew in our relationship. And you've got people like this in your life, right? Last week, Bob, he, he did a little assignment for us, right? Did you do the assignment, tic-tac-toe assignment? Okay, you can catch up. Here's what we're gonna do. So this is in your guide to neighboring, journeyweb.net slash neighboring. You can go there to the guide. And what's on there, you'll see a big tic-tac-toe. Bob introduced this to us last week. In the middle is your house, right? In the middle of your street, your house. Come on, everybody. No, just kidding. Okay, we got time. All right. So your house right there and all your uh, neighbors around. Maybe that's a dorm room for you. Maybe that is a cul-de-sac for you. Maybe you're out in the country and your neighbor lives a mile away and you're like, yep, I know them and we farm on this land and they farm on that land, like that kind of thing, okay? Whatever your neighborhood looks like. Now, here's what happened. If you filled this out, you wanted to fill out all the boxes around your house to say, hey, I need to know their name and I need to know some things about them and I need to dig a little deeper into our relationship with them. And for some of you, there's easy names to answer. Am I right? Right, this reveals who your favorite neighbor is. Some of you are like, yep, I got one. It's that guy just down the street. For me, check this out, childhood neighbor. One of my favorite childhood neighbors was Andy. Anybody got a childhood neighbor that was just like your best friend? It was such a big deal, right? Being a best friend when you were a kid. Like kids argue about this at school and then they have a best friend this week and then like two weeks later, they have a totally different best friend and they go from best friend to best friend. It's very, very important. Andy was my best friend. So kids, if you're watching at home, I wanna know who's your best friend, right? Who's your best neighbor? Andy was my best neighbor. We would, um, we would get in all kinds of fun together and we would get in all kinds of trouble together. We would steal our dad's tools and saws and build forts. We would get in snowball fights and one of us would always end up with a bloody nose and mad at each other for like a day and then we'd come back and be friends again. We had so many adventures together. Andy was my favorite neighbor growing up. And for some of you, you're like, I know who that favorite neighbor was growing up. Later, uh, we lived in Parker, Parker, Colorado, before we moved back to Montana. And we were by Dave and Lori. Dave and Lori lived right next door to us 
in our cul-de-sac and, and we lived there and just had a phenomenal relationship with Dave and Lori. It took us a while to get it started. They were a little hesitant because I was a pastor and they were like not pastory people. They were just like, nah, I don't know about you, right? He's probably gonna be judgmental about me. So um, once they found out that I wasn't that judgmental, uh, uh, we hung out on their back porches a lot. Dave, super nerdy in all the right ways, Right? Lori, just this unbelievably loving, wonderful woman. And they had this beautiful little girl that eventually I had the pleasure of dedicating to the Lord. They became just, just one of our favorite neighbors. We just loved living next to them. We moved to Big Sky about six years ago and before we moved down to the valley and uh, Mike was living right next door. Now, Mike is a very important fact about Mike. He's a fly fishing guide, okay? So you wanna be my friend? Better learn how to fly fish. Because listen, if, if your friends don't fly fish, find better friends. That's all I have to say. So, okay, so Mike's a fly fishing guide and he actually runs Gallatin River Guides, the owner of Gallatin River Guides up there in Big Sky and uh, got to walk through some really high, high, wonderful things with him and really, really low dark valleys with him. And, and his life was up and down as we lived there in Big Sky. And uh, this kind of a reoccurring theme, but also got to uh, dedicate his little daughter, Sawyer, to the Lord as well. And so um, just these really special people in my life. My, my, my closest neighbors. Do you have some close neighbors? That's where we need to start. So, so here's the big idea. Today's neighboring principle is this. Start with your closest neighbors, but don't stay there. Start with your closest neighbors, but don't stay there. Some of you are wondering, okay, we're in this neighboring series. How do I begin? How do I start? I wanna give you a really practical tip right now. Don't go to the hardest neighbor that you think you're gonna get rejected from. Like, don't go to that person because you're going to walk away and be like, this whole neighboring thing is awful. Go to your closest neighbors. Start with your closest neighbors. You need close neighbors. You know how I know that? Even Jesus needed close neighbors. How many disciples did Jesus have? Come on now. Thank you. Oh, jeepers. I thought we were going to have to start over. Okay, 12. Somebody online is like, 12. I knew that. Okay, good job. Uh, 12. But he had three that were of particular interest to Jesus, kind of his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John were there at the house of Jairus when Jesus raised his little girl back to life. James and John came along with Jesus to Peter's house when Peter's mother-in-law was gravely ill it was only James and John and Peter that were there in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus prayed so hard that beads of sweat turned into blood because he was praying on behalf of this cup of wrath that was going to be poured upon him, his upcoming death and resurrection and what he was about to go through. He invited these three close neighbors we don't know exactly why, right? But what we know is that these three were in a particular close relationship with Jesus. Here's the question this morning. 
if you start with your closest neighbor, who are your three? Do you have three? Who are your three that you would go to the mountain with? Who are those three people in your life that you need to dig a little deeper with, that you need to invest a little more with, that you've just kind of been living surface level and you really like them, but you need to dig a little deeper in that relationship? Who are your three? So Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, his three, up the mountain. You take your three with you up the mountain, right? When you have challenges in your life, when good things or bad things happen, when you got to call somebody and say, bring a shovel and no questions, you got to have three, okay? Some of you get that joke tomorrow. Okay. So Jesus takes them to the top of the mountain and he transfigures. He has this glorious moment with his close three. And not only is it just those three, there's two others that show up next to Jesus that make a three and a three. That's like a power team, Okay. So they're up there, Jesus transfigures, and who shows up? Moses and Elijah. So if anybody was gonna get along, Moses and Elijah were gonna get along with Jesus. Like sometimes I think about heaven, I'm like, I bet Moses and Elijah and Jesus just hanging out, telling stories, talking about things, right? Like so Moses and Elijah, the two great prophets of the Old Testament, and Jesus, the prophet, are together on top of the mountain a group of three and a group of three of these close neighbors and something amazing happens. And see, it's in these moments that I think we're tempted to stay on top of the mountain. I think it's fine for us to start with our closest neighbors, but we can't stay there. We just can't stay on top of the mountain all the time. Don't get me wrong. Like for some of you, this sermon is just about part one. And part one is this, who are your three? Invest in them. You need to find them and engage in life with them so that you guys can grow together. You can support one another. You can be in each other's lives and you can lift each other up in tangible ways. You need your three. But for some of you, you got your three and you just want to stay in a holy huddle and that's not okay. You just want to stay on top of the mountain and that is not okay. That is not how Jesus engaged with us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus goes to the mountain with his close three, but he doesn't stay there. And I think there's two things that are revealed to us in this story that are barriers to next level neighboring. Barriers to next level neighboring. So I think the first thing that is revealed to us as a barrier for neighboring is, number one, comfort. Comfort. So Peter, James, and John go to the top of the mountain. Jesus pulls some sort of transformer thing and and transfigures in front of them, okay? And Peter has this funny reaction. He says to Jesus, this is really good. And you know what? I think I should build some houses for us. I think I should build a house for you, Jesus, and for Elijah, and for Moses. And I think he like probably paused and was like, and me, Jesus, like you want me to build one for me? Maybe, right? Like I think that Peter was comfortable, that he wanted to stay in that place. And I think comfort is an enemy 
It's a barrier. It keeps us from neighboring in the way that Jesus wants us to neighbor. How many of you like comfort? Be honest, be honest, right? Okay, a lot of you like comfort. The ones who are like, I like comfort and you just maybe raise my hands, which is uncomfortable. So that, I don't even know how that registers in my head. Okay, so like, we love comfort, right? Okay, so on Thursday, my wife started this new, well, she started a new job on Tuesday and her second day of that was on Thursday. She's the new pre-K teacher at a school and so um, at my kid's school. And so a really good friend of ours brought us dinner that night just to encourage Lori in her first week of school. And so uh, we got chicken pot pie. I mean, come on. Like, I bet the transfiguration was awesome, but they didn't have chicken pot pie up there. Okay, so I mean, Sidewinders has the most amazing chicken pot pie. Uh, the coffee pot, these are not paying, these people are not paying me to say this, okay? The coffee pot has take your own, bake your own chicken pot pie. I mean, chicken pot pie. It's that time of year, right? It's the comfort time of year. Like, we like sweaters this time of year, don't we? Like, we love, we love lattes, pumpkin spice lattes, anybody? Like, did anybody try to turn on their fireplace this week? Okay, we like turning on our fireplace and we like grabbing that big old fleece blanket that we haven't used in a while and warming ourselves up. We love comfort. We want comfortable cars. We want comfortable food. We love comfort. And I think a comfort in and of itself isn't bad. Sometimes you need some moments where you like are with your three and you guys gather together and there's some comfort there and you need some comfort. But if that's the place that you live, you're never gonna be the neighbor that Jesus calls you to be. He did not ask for you to be comfortable. In fact, Jesus said, deny yourself. Oh, wait a minute, Jesus, that doesn't sound like chicken pot pie. Take up your cross and follow me. See, I think, I think that Peter is on to something here that we are all on to something. We wanna stay in these moments. We wanna stay in our safe places. We wanna stay in our holy huddles. I think when we get around here, even on church on Sunday, right? We gather here as a church or you're gathering in your home or wherever you might be. I think we like to stay in these places and we're like, oh, this is where my people are. This is where my comfort is. I'm gonna stay in the confines of here. I'm not even gonna bring my Jesus out into the world around me. I'm just gonna stay where I'm comfortable. I'm not gonna be judged here. I know people are gonna love me here and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But Monday through Saturday, nobody knows that Jesus is in my life. Jesus calls you to live outside of your comfort. Will it be uncomfortable to go and meet the crazy neighbor, yes, right? Will that be uncomfortable? Absolutely, right? So in the same way that Peter is saying, let's just stay here, Jesus and actually God the Father is saying, no, you can't stay here. You can't just stay comfortable. You've got to go down the mountain. So Peter's saying in the middle of this, he's saying, I'm going to build these little shacks for us and it's going to be awesome. And God the Father shows up and says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
I'm not a God of comfort. And he actually, he actually kind of yells out. He says this. So it says, while he was still speaking. That means, that means uh, God cut off Peter. Like when you're talking and God cuts you off, you better be quiet, okay? So it says, this is my son, God the Father says, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. He's echoing Jesus' baptism moment, right? When the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and inaugurated Jesus' ministry. And then he says, listen to him. Listen to him. Right? He's, he's just calling Peter, James, and John out. He's saying, listen to him. He's not saying, build a shelter and hang out here all day because it's really comfortable. He's not saying that. He says, listen to Jesus. So we have to step outside of our comfort. And then what we have to do is we have to step outside of our fear. We have to step outside of our fear. Fear is for sale right now. You can get it anywhere. Social media, the news, even your neighbors. There's fear, fear, fear. I'm gonna read some of you right now, okay? So, and some of you are like, yeah, I know that, all that fear about COVID and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I'm talking about, there's more fear than that. See, see, what about the fear of the unknown? What about the fear of uncertainty? What about the fear of people that are different than you? These are hard words. You better lean into them. Even the people who are saying, I'm not afraid, guess what? I think there's a dirty little secret. I think you're afraid too. Do you know why I think you're afraid? Because I don't feel like I'm a real fearful person, but I have fear in my life. I'm afraid of certain things. Like when I think about neighboring, man, I'm, a, I'm afraid of, of rejection. Like what if, what if I go hang out and try to talk to my neighbor and this, like, I don't know about you, but this doesn't go well for me, okay? I know that. It's like I get on an airplane and I sit next to somebody. Well, not anymore. But anyway, we used to get on those. Anyway, so I sit on the airplane and the person talks to me and is like, what do you do? And then I'm like, I'm a pastor. And either they want to tell me all about their church, okay? Or they're like, oh, I got to work on my Scrabble or whatever, my, my word puzzle. It's like they don't want to talk at all, Right? And that's a fear for me. Like there are moments where I'm having conversations and I wanna be like, nah, I don't wanna talk about being a pastor. Like I know this is gonna get all kinds of heat and judgment. They're gonna wanna know my view on this and this and this and this and this. I think we all have fears in our lives. I think we need to be more honest about those fears. I think fear is what's dividing this country. I do. I think fear is what is hurting us right now. I think fear is keeping us from listening to one another and finding common ground. I think it's all based in fear. And Jesus asks us not to be afraid. So, so God the Father shows up, cuts off Peter, and then, and then Peter and James and John hit the floor. Because when God speaks, yeah, it's a little terrifying, Okay. So they hit the deck. Jesus walks up to them and he says, get up. Don't be afraid. Over 300 times in the Bible, 
It says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go down the mountain. Don't be afraid to invest in your neighborhood. Don't be afraid to to invest in people who are different than you. Listen, some of you are afraid of hanging out with people who are different than you because you think they're gonna change your mind. You can still have a really strong opinion and have a friend, a neighbor, who you know and love, who has a very different opinion than you. Seriously, I know know this blows people's minds right now. It's like, wait a minute. Oh, I don't have to draw lines in the sand and just hate the people who don't think differently than than me? No, you don't. You can hold your opinion. Be strong enough to do that. Be wise enough to do that. Be like Jesus. Just say, I'm gonna live the Jesus way and I'm, I'm not gonna go to the left. I'm not gonna go to the right. I'm saying that on purpose, okay? I'm gonna have a real conversation with you. I'm gonna get to know you and I'm gonna have opinions about that. I'm gonna have kingdom views about that. That is absolutely fine. But do not let fear be the driver. Do not let comfort or fear be the driver. So here's a good, here's a good picture. Uh, I haven't always lived in cul-de-sacs, although that is a recurring theme in my life. So um, in between my college years, uh, by the way, for anybody at MSU right now, college years, use them really, really well. They're an opportunity. Use them, use them, use them, okay? In between those years, I had the opportunity to just do something in terms of a job that I wouldn't have maybe normally done. And so I worked downtown Denver in Sun Valley neighborhood. Now, Sun Valley neighborhood is the projects of Denver, okay? And what we did down there is that for four summers in a row, I directed a program where we would have youth group kids from the Midwest, okay? Just think as stereotypically Midwest as you can possibly think about, okay? Like they hadn't seen much. We'll just say it that way, okay? And they show up in their vans with their youth group leaders and their their pastor, youth pastors, and they show up and we're like, hey, welcome. And they're like, there's gates around the property. Yeah, there's gates around the property. We're living in the middle of projects, yo. Like, so, so like we had this big house down there. We had a, a guy's wing and a girl's wing, bunk beds everywhere. And then they invested in downtown Denver. And we took them into very uncomfortable, very fearful situations. We had them engage with gang members. We had them engage with junkies. We had them engage with homeless people. We had them paint houses. And guess what? They came and they thought they were gonna be the, the great hope of the world. And guess what? They didn't, they didn't minister. They got ministered too. They didn't bring hope. They got hope. After one week the uncomfortable and the fear, it just dissipated. They looked into the eyes of people that looked differently than them and had a different upbringing than them and oh no, voted differently than them and they loved them still and it transformed who they were. Bob said this last week, this isn't just gonna transform your neighborhood, this is gonna transform you, right? If if anybody's been on a mission trip before, Right? You go and you're like, ah, I'm going to go on a mission trip. I'm going to help out. It's going to be awesome. And then you're like, wait a minute. Did I help them or did they help me? I, I think I got more help than, the, than I helped them. We have to break through our comfort. We have to break through our fear. And we've said we want to make this practical, just so practical. Right? 
We wanna come off the mountain, come out of our comfort and our fear, just like Peter, James, and John, and invest in our neighborhood. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the barbecue challenge. Now, some of you Southern folk are gonna be like, that's not a barbecue. I get it, I understand, I, I totally understand. We're, take the grill challenge, okay? Bear with me here, okay? What is this? Somebody. Somebody, what is this? This is a grill. No, it's not, okay? This is a neighboring tool. That's what it is, right? If you got a nail, you need a hammer. You got a neighbor, you need one of these. You understand? Like, this, this is not a grill. This is an opportunity. Like, this is, for those of you who are like, I'm not very good with people, can you flip burgers? Yeah, you can. Guess what? You can neighbor, right? This is a neighboring tool. How many great conversations have you had around one of these things, right? How many walls have you broken through having a conversation around this thing? You gotta see that everything in your life is an opportunity to love God and to love your neighbor. Do you understand that? It's not your grill, it's God's grill. That's so awesome. He just gave it to you, he lent it to you so you can use it for his purposes, right? So you're gonna take the grill challenge. Listen, here's, here's the deal. Snow is coming, okay? I've never seen Game of Thrones because I heard it's dirty, okay? So <laughs> just saying, okay. But winter is coming. I heard that's a phrase in there, okay? Winter is coming. We all know this, but we got a couple weeks here, okay? A few weeks where we can still do this in comfort in our backyard, right? And you can invite some friends who are uncomfortable to a comfortable situation and you can neighbor them. This is the challenge you're gonna take. You're gonna invite some of your closest friends, but you're not gonna stop there. You're gonna keep going and you're gonna invite maybe one or two of those folks that you need to get to know. So I was having this uh, um, put together this morning. That's how advanced prepared I was after elk hunting. And so um, I asked, I asked um, Andy Merkel if he would help me put this together. And as we were talking, I was like, Andy, you got a grill? And Andy's like, no, I don't have a grill. Andy, you got a grill now. Where are you, Andy? So we're giving this to Andy Merkel, okay? Come on now. Brand new Weber. Okay, Merkel, where are you? Are you way up there? Whoa, you're all the way up. That's how that song goes. Okay, so Andy Merkel helps out. Thank you, Andy, for helping out all our camera crew. Thank you so much for all the extra work you all been doing throughout this season. Um, helps out in base camp as well. He's one of our superstar volunteers, helps out uh, as well with our baptism service. So that's yours, Andy. And you're gonna go grill. And then what you're gonna do, Andy Merkel, and everybody else, you're gonna let us know your stories because we are gonna help each other in this. We're gonna encourage each other in this. We're gonna help each other in this. We're gonna share stories in the midst of this, how God is using our neighboring tools to help us. If you're like, I don't got that. Do you got a kitchen? Yep, okay, figure that out. You got a griddle? Make some pancakes, right? Okay, figure it out. You can do this. If you need some help, go to uh, journeyweb.net slash neighboring. Break out of your comfort. Break out of your fear. Start with your closest neighbor. 
but don't stay there. Jesus, I pray that you would bring to mind right now those who we need to take a next step with. God, for some of us, there's some relationships that are just surface level and we need to go a little deeper. God, for some of us, uh, we have close relationships, but there's folks around us that you're asking us to engage with and to love. Jesus, thank you that you're the best neighbor ever. You didn't stay in the comfort of heaven. You came to this earth. And even as you cried out in that garden, not my will, but yours be done, Jesus, you overcame comfort, you overcame fear. And in that, we were given new life. So we don't want to hold that lightly, God. We want to live in the way you want us to live. Jesus, we want to live and step with you. Help us to be better neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen. One last thing. So Peter, James, and John are there on the ground. Jesus says, hey, get up. Don't be afraid. I'm gonna go down the mountain. Got some hard things that are gonna happen, but get, get up. And, and, and you can almost see Peter, James, and John look up. And the text is so great. It just says they looked up and all they saw was Jesus. That's what we need. Put your eyes on Jesus. Let him guide and lead you as you become more and more like him. Let's declare this. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.